Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, which is a conversation with my friend Ben Fisher, who is a German and Spanish teacher in Washington State. He is also a um, proud member of the LGBTQ plus community and has discovered a passion about sharing with other teachers on how to best support um, support their own LGBTQ plus students and colleagues and the members of the community at large. So I really hope you enjoy hearing and learning more about Ben, um, his life, his journey as a student and as an educator, um, some of the challenges that he's faced, how he's overcome them, and also some of his tips on how to handle certain interactions in the classroom in different ways that you can make sure your students feel loved and supported. So enjoy today's episode of preaching to acquire in the teacher's lounge. Welcome to the teacher's lounge. Now, I know what you're thinking. I like to avoid the teacher's lounge because there's too much gossip and complaining going on. You know what? I agree with you, but this teacher's lounge is different. In this teacher's lounge, I take the time to interview some of my friends and colleagues from all across the country and even the world to talk about teaching, different topics that matter, and how using comprehensible input strategies can work to make all of their students successful. So I hope you enjoy your trip to the teacher's lounge and that you enjoy today's episode. Hey, Preaching to Acquire listeners, I'm super excited today to have my friend and fellow world language educator, Ben Fisher, joining us today. He is a high school German and Spanish teacher out in Washington State, not DC. I always get them confused when people say I'm from Washington. Sorry. Um, And we're going to be chatting today about um, Ben's experience, his experience as a teacher and as um, a member of the LGBTQ plus community. We're going to chat about um, how to best support students that are a part of that community and also some concrete baby steps that maybe you can start taking in your classrooms to show this support, to show this representation and make your classes welcoming and inclusive of all. So Ben, I'll let you take it away and share a little bit about yourself. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Caitlin. Uh, my name is Ben Fisher. I am a high school German and Spanish teacher in the Seattle area um, and a uh, uh, yeah, I really like teaching language. I've been working with kids in some capacity since I was 17. Um, and yeah, I am really excited to be able to talk about LGBTQ plus students because whether I admitted it or not, I was once one of those. Um, and in adult life, I've you know made it my, my mission to kind of support educators and support young people in flourishing and becoming the most of who they can be. Um, in the classroom and beyond. So I am happy to <laughs> be here. Where should I start, Caitlin? What's so, it, should, life story? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So I think just starting maybe at um, what was your experience in the classroom? Did you have teachers that were supportive that showed support? Like, how did you feel growing up? I. <laughs> so I am from Northern California, um, and. It, even even with that, I think culturally, when I was a youth, um, that the the lay of the land was a little different than it is now for LGBTQ plus people in the United States, um, and so I I think I had an inkling going into high school that uh, there was something different about me, and was like, all right, time to never think about that again. Haha. <laughs> Except I thought about it all the time. Um, and I had teachers who were very loving and supportive of me and very, you know, did not treat me like some alien. I also went to an arts magnet high school. So like everyone was like kind of weird anyway. So it was just, it was like a good place to be, I guess, all things considered minus societal pressure anyways. Um, so 
Yeah, I just kind of like didn't think about it, didn't think about it, didn't think about it. And I actually only came out um, at the end of high school, basically, um, to basically like not a lot of people in my family, like after high school. So like it, um, I don't know that I had that experience in school. I think, you know, at the time, I think it was more prevalent to hear kids say things like that's so gay about stuff that they didn't like. Um, and so that, you know, doesn't feel good. That's a, you know, if a word if you're starting to think a word might represent you and people are using it as an insult, that's not exactly a, a good feeling and not one I would want for, you know, other young people. Um, yeah, and I, I think I've been thinking about this a lot is that like in 2008, again, a contextual thing, like I came out in 2008 and that was also the year that Prop 8 was passed in California, which defined, legally defined marriage in California as between a man and a woman. Um, and so I think that dealt a blow, right? Like that there that's an important thing I think to keep in consideration when you're working with youth of any age is that like they are in history just as we once were we are we continue to be <laughs> we're done no. I got you. Like we, continue, <laughs> we continue to be in history and so like that was a historical moment that had a big effect on me um and uh and so I think it took me a long time to kind of come around to it and then when I started my professional life right around when I was like 22 I was working in an after school program and I was like oh I'm like dating and starting to date somebody and was like super excited about that and I was teaching lessons, <laughs> was teaching lessons. It was about like growing up and going through puberty and like friendships oh and relationships my. and like all sorts of stuff. Kind of the hilarious. And I just, I just, you know, just the, just the light stuff, you know, just, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, and I enjoyed that to a certain extent. And I had had kids ask me about my dating life. And so I checked with my program manager just to be like, uh, like, how do I handle this? And they were like, because like I think amongst all the adults that, that I worked with they're all like yeah he's clearly gay like and like duh um and so I was like how do I handle this and so they I was referred to a different manager like at the higher up level who told me you know like anytime a kid asks about your dating um you should deflect the question and turn it to be about them which I received as communication that I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about who I'm dating, if I'm dating, anything like that. My dating history, obviously within the appropriate boundaries, right? Like I'm not, you know, I'm going to tell a kid that like, oh, I really like so-and-so and we hang out, we go roller skating or whatever. Um, and so that, that again was another kind of like blow to my self-confidence as like a young queer person just being like, oh, okay, like, I guess I'm just not talking about that. Um, and I, and then I moved and, and trained as a teacher and moved. And, and at my very first school, I remember being like so shaky and nervous to go into this conversation. And I went to my principal of my school at the time and was like, hey, you have spoken to me for more than five minutes and may understand that I am gay. And he was like, yes, clearly, I'm like, thank you. Um, and I was like, that's important to me. And I think like within the appropriate boundaries, I would like to share who I am. Um, and so that way kids can identify with that or whatever. And like, he was like, yeah, I was like, oh, really? It's that easy? You know, wow. like different context, different situation. Like he was like, yeah, I'll go up to like, he's like, obviously, you know, I talk about my wife. There's no social penalty for talking about my wife. It doesn't make it weird for kids or anything. And we do it within the, you know, within reason and developmentally appropriate. And so why not? Like you're, you're in a relationship, you're happy. Like whatever it also helped I'm like literally me and Brent are very boring like we're not <laughs> do a lot of stuff we're like Ooh, we're gonna watch a program that's it we're gonna order takeout that's it at the end um 
also we just have to throw in you guys if you're listening to this ben just got engaged <laughs> i did it I, I had to throw that in there you brought you Thank brought you. friends up so i had to say it so yeah you know ben give him a congratulations thank you i appreciate it yeah we just we've been together for six years and i said it's about time let's do this so he said yes anyways um yeah Sorry, so, i didn't mean to distract you no, from what you were going on about okay so you got so now i'm all like i'm like he um <laughs> no yeah so yeah it was just a new context new situation and my principal was like yeah i'll go to bat like whatever there's no penalty for straight teachers talking about boyfriends or girlfriends or like husbands wives and stuff and i was like that's right and then i like left the office and was like <laughs> you know like, like well, it, it, you know i feel like a lot of the defense sometimes that i see for not being inclusive is oh well you know this is not appropriate for the classroom mm. but yet how many people that are straight talk about their relationships their marriages that it's written about in our books and so i'm really glad to hear that that was the experience you had at the school totally i mean that's you know that's a that's a point that i've heard many you know other queer teacher people <laughs> activists <laughs> presenters you know to queer teachers talk about is that like we're kind of talking about gender and sexuality all the time whether we like it or not right like gender is just everywhere um it you know in the from gendered products to um, the bathrooms at our schools and the way, you know, the different students needs for their bodies while they're using the bathroom, whatever it is, and then sexuality, right? Like, you know, people talking about their partners, but also if they've had kids, like kids come from one place and, and kids know where that is. And so, you know, like the- Wait, it, I thought the stork delivered the babies. <laughs> I thought middle school that that the stork, that stork had flown, it was <laughs> gone. Um, yeah and so I think we're you know we're kind of talking about it all the time whether we like it or not and so when you say like oh it's not appropriate to talk about sexuality in classroom you're just saying gay sexuality right like the you know same sex attraction whatever um and so yeah no and, and the, so it was and, and it was I will tell you that like the for the first forever I mean I, I, I don't want to put a timeline on it like in the very beginning it was much more difficult because I'd kind of be like uh -huh, yeah my boyfriend and then like <laughs> pan out to the audience like ah, woohoo yeah woohoo like just trying to cover the fact that I was like really like you know like this could go poorly like they, the kids could decide that they're not going to listen to me anymore the kids could decide that they're gonna you know tell their families they could you know say something negative right away they could say something derogatory or stereotypical right away um and that didn't really happen you know there are incidents here and there over the course of my teaching career but um yeah, what was their there. overall kind of response to you the first time you like said something that i think it's often like oh you're gay and then i'm like yes and they go oh and then we move on i mean i love kids like oh you know some kid you know you occasionally get the really you know kid who is, enjoys lying who's like I thought you had a wife and I'm like thank you like I don't what like no <laughs> like <laughs> not thank you I'm just I'm confusion um no is it, you know so the, most of most of the time kids like this again their their social context their history is I would say more open now like to gen, like uh, queer genders queer genders and sexuality um as to even when I was going to school. And so they, I think they're a little bit more just like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and, and like, maybe like a little bit of like, hmm, I knew it. Um, but not even that, I can't remember, think of an incident where that happened. <laughs> so like most of all the kids like 
pretty chill about it. And so it has become easier over time uh, to be out to my kids and to kind of just, you know, talk about my life in a way that feels comfortable, you know, like uh, talk about the things that Brent and I do together and how we navigate being in a relationship and um, the joy that he brings into my life. And I think that's positive for kids to see, you know, that adults have relationships and that they, you know, go through them and think about them and cultivate them and um, iron out trouble spots if there ever are any. I don't, you know, I'm not like bringing my, my dirty laundry to <laughs> class or anything, but, you know, like, you know, relationships are multitudinous and they're all different. Um, and so it's, it's good to see, I think, positively modeled relationships. And I, you know, feel positively about my relationship and hope that I model positively. Well, right. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's gotten easier, you know, when I became the, the advisor for the GSA at that school and then I changed schools. Um, and I was feeling bold, I guess, and was just like, I'm just like, no buts about it. And so my boyfriend, Brent, you know, like at the time, um, fiance, hello. Um, that you know just kind of leading with that and kind of like the first day of class being like hi I'm Mr. Fisher I you know I live in Seattle with my boyfriend Brent and our dog like here's pictures of them um on the first day of class um and I found out after the fact that like a, a student literally like had a jaw drop like Looney Tunes like like moment of me just being like yeah I live in Seattle with my boyfriend Brent and she just was like overwhelmed with like joy and excitement that like that was that she got to have that because she was a queer student too. And so she knew that I would be safe, a safe, safe spot for her to be herself and that I, you know, would defend her if need be, or just be a, you know, someone who understood what it was like. Um, and, and I continued to, you know, grow in my, my mentorship of this kid over time because they, she came up to me and was like, well, you know, like I, this is really important to me. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it, it's kind of just increasingly gotten better over time that I just have been more able to be myself and um, live kind of a full life and be kind of a full human being. And it's important for me to be able to um, talk to kids about what I'm thinking about and to model learning and um, questioning and wondering about the world. And that has included for me, you know, topics of gender, which I'm less familiar with the ins and outs of gender. I've always felt like a man and I was assigned male at birth. So, you know, I've just been kind of like, huh, I wonder what that's like to be non-binary. And then I've, you know, had kids who have been willing to talk to me about that. And that has been very positive. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I think that's, it, it's been important for me to be out. And I also feel very lucky and privileged in that I am able to do that in my conference context because I know that that's not necessarily the case safety wise for every educator for every student so um yeah feeling feeling happy about that <laughs> that's awesome and so I guess if you're able to share more you feel comfortable sharing maybe some more of those anecdotal stories about um maybe students who have come up to you or who said something or uh, maybe a lesson hit them in a different way. They had an aha moment because of you being yourself and being inclusive and representative in your classroom. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I think I'm, I just think of kids who have come out to me. I had one student tell me that they were, you know, they were so happy that they had a teacher being themselves and just like unequivocally gay that they were able to come out as bisexual to their family. And they were like, you're a big inspiration that. And I was like, ah, I didn't do anything. It was Whoa. all your bravery, kid. Like, you did it. Um, 
in another student saying, you know, that like, sometimes I don't always feel sure if there's any sort of controversial discussion in any of my other classes that I am going to be, am going to feel safe. Um, because sometimes, you know, adults in, in trying to make a space for opinions to be heard and for people to express their thinking, um, kind of let, you know, harmful thoughts, harmful messages, things, harmful things that young people and adults say, just kind of bleed out into the classroom and don't respond to them and don't unequivocally say like, we don't talk like that because that harms some of your classmates, right? Like we don't, we don't talk that way about queer people because that's not, it's just not okay, right? Like they exist, they are, they're not doing harm to anybody. Um, you know, we just don't do that. So that student told me, you know, like you in setting up any sort of controversial discussion, we're like, here's what we're not gonna do. <laughs> we're like, like, here's, you know, here's, um, you know, we wanna support all the people in our classmates to, to flourishing, become the best versions of themselves. Um, and, you know, people's gender and sexuality are part of their identity. And so we speak, we let people be who they are, right? Um, and support them in being who they are. Um, and so that, you know, that's a relief to hear, right? Is that, you know, I think, again, I came from a, I come from Northern California. So I think it was fairly gay friendly, even, you know, at the time. Um, that I was in school, but, and so I don't think I heard these, you know, kids saying awful things about the gays or anything like that, but, you know, I knew people in college who had voted yes on top eight and stuff like that, and that's, again, communication, that's a, a sign to me, like, okay, maybe don't, like, maybe, maybe retreat into your shell, or maybe don't, quote, push yourself on people, you know, push your identity on people, um, because it might make them uncomfortable, but then, you know, that somebody ends up being uncomfortable in the end anyways, right? Um, so, yeah. Well, and I think what you just mentioned there about this idea of there are certain actions and things that people can do or say that tell you that it's not safe. Um, and I think thinking about us as teachers, right, and in our classrooms and trying to make our classrooms welcome spaces for our students, um, what are some tips that you have for teachers who maybe are not so comfortable um, or maybe it's not safe in their community or in their in their building for them to be um, as open with this? I mean, I know it shouldn't be that way. And I I've talked about this with um, some other people that I've interviewed about different different topics, too. And it sh we shouldn't have to worry about these things. Right. No. Um, and I'm not saying that I think teachers should hold back. But in the reality of the situation in a lot of environments, they have to, or they're at risk of losing their jobs or other things. Um, but we still wanna do what we can and what we can control to make our students feel welcome, to make them feel safe, to know that we love them as they are. So I'll, I'll let you drop some knowledge bombs. <laughs> I, I hope this is helpful. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I understand that, you know, it's, it's context dependent, right? There are things that I can do now that I would maybe would have felt less safe doing. And to be clear to maybe someone who isn't queer and may not understand that is that like, I've had reason to fear for my physical safety in my life um, because of my sexuality. Um, and, you know, I've had kids get slurs hurled at them on the side of the road, you know, in Washington state, which, you know, um, again, a more friendly to queer people sort of place. Um, and so, you know, your context is going to make you feel so you have a certain level of comfort with these sorts of things. Um, I think it's a as educators, I think it's I think of the school as a place of learning for everybody, not just for the young people. Um, and so I 
I think it is positive and encourage teachers learning out loud and kind of learning about new things um, and kind of engaging with the the field. Um, there are many points of entry, many people who are willing to talk about it and who have talked about gender and sexuality um, and kind of where the discourse is now. And so I encourage teachers to just kind of like do a, a dive like, what's it like for queer people in X country or in X culture and whatever like that. And so they have that kind of knowledge or, you know, I think a lot of people right now are thinking about um, pronouns for non-binary people and like what linguistic possibilities exist for non-binary people. Ooh, in my buddy, that is, that is the hot topic. Yeah. And, and so like just kind of knowing and being aware of like how people are talking about it. Right. Um, you know, there's obviously, that is a, a cultural topic here <laughs> as well as abroad about, you know, appropriateness link you know grammaticality like all those sorts of things so it's helpful to like kind of know the lay of the land um and and just I, yeah so I think that the first step for teachers that I always encourage is like getting informed like what are the linguistic possibilities for queer people like what are the words we use um for the genders and sexualities like um who are lgbtq plus individuals or organizations in my target culture um or in my area, like where I teach, right? Like what are those sorts of things um, locally relevant to people who are LGBTQ plus? Um, so that way you kind of have a knowledge base to work off of. Um, and then in your, in your actual learning environment, you have to assume that there are gonna be LGBTQ plus students and, and adults present at all times, right? Like there's not this like, you're not like your classroom in some way, you know, like we tell teacher, you know, to like close your door and teach, right? Sometimes that you like, you can't think about other people. And so it becomes this like little world, but um, it isn't some secret club where we can talk about hetero stuff or, you know, it isn't some secret club. There might be a kid who's not comfortable coming out, who's not ready, who's not there. Um, and so you just have to assume that there are queer people there at all times and act respectfully and accordingly. Um, and I think we can't be explicit enough about what we value and how we talk about things like like just like you say letting your students know that you love them like why not say that i think a lot of educators hold themselves back from like feeling awkward and just being like i want you to flourish i want you to learn this language one but also like have a happy life in which you are the most yourself and get the most out of it and i think you know my experience has been that that maybe doesn't come from every teacher at their school and that, not to say anything about your colleagues right but i think we we can hold ourselves back from saying these things or just feel weird about it and wonder if it's our place i think it in my conception of being a teacher it is our place to be like i want you to be happy i want you to do well in life that's why i work in this building that is like <laughs> whose ostensible purpose is to like cultivate your mind and that sort of stuff right um and you know, having the language for for those interactions in class, like about how you're going to talk about things like, you know, we respect all people and who they are. Um, and so and then preparing, you know, that sometimes adults or young people can say have adverse reactions, have demeaning responses to LGBTQ plus topics and just kind of rehearsing with yourself like statements that you can put out on the fly when you're in an emotional state and feeling kind of attacked that kind of get to the core of what you believe, you know, like here at our school, we stand for respect towards others who are different from us. And that's why we don't say things like that. That's great. Um, I need to, I need to memorize that one. Cause you know, I think what you're saying right now is like having these things in your head, ready to go that you have maybe, maybe practiced, maybe repeated. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you have them on like a little piece of paper, like by your computer that you look at yeah. from time to time. Um, yeah. Because I can, one event, one thing that just popped into my mind as you were talking about this was 
I had a student a couple of years ago, shout out, that's so gay with this negative connotation. And like for a split second, my brain was like, you need to step in, you need to say something, but what do you say? Um, and I, and I just, you know, I said, we don't, we don't say that in here. That's not even like a negative thing. So I don't know what you're trying to get at. And I had a student turn around and say, thank you. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, these are, yeah. This is something I never, I would not have expected. You know, I don't know about if that student is considers themselves queer or not, but like, yes, like these things, they're, they're forming these thoughts. They're forming these opinions. They're learning who they are. They're becoming hopefully good people, even though it might be a messy road to get there. Yeah. Um, and so like, especially, you know, with those of us that are well, all ages, to be honest, but like, we have an integral part of them becoming good humans, like above all yeah. else. And so I love that of having these certain phrases, these things kind of rehearsed, how you're going to respond in a way that's not like panicky, like, like what I did. I like, um, wow, that, doesn't yeah. come, that doesn't come across as maybe like angry or like the kids found like a button they can push of yours, but just a very clear, like, here's the boundary. It's, it's important to recognize like it, everything that you said, right? Like in, I've had moments where in the classroom, someone has said a, a slur or something and my blood has run cold and I just like fight, flight, freeze. Like I froze. Um, and so I think that like, there's no penalty for rehearsing stuff and for taking the breath right after it happens to prepare yourself to respond. Um, I am all about we statements. Like we, our school community supports blank value that is very, you know, high and wonderful and, um, and therefore, we do not blank. Um, How, I think can another I, angle. Can I interject about that because this yeah. is a genuine like question I have that I need to do investigating of my own school community. How do you know that your school community values that? I, th I think in moments like that, I sometimes have looked at my school's mission statement or looked at my school's like values or whatever that is listed on like the school website or on the posters around school yeah. or whatever the words that we see around our school. Um, and if you're feeling like you're not getting enough values based, you know, like valued laden speech of just like respect, you know, integrity, those sorts of things that are positive character values, like around your school, um, I encourage educators to open up those conversations. Like, what are we actually about here? Like, what's the, what's the, what are we doing? <laughs> like, well, and, that, um, and that's what I was going to ask too. Do you suggest that maybe some folks, depending on what steps they're taking, right? Like obviously these things and shutting down these negative comments and kind of having that firm boundary of we're not gonna cross this line to disrespect. Um, do you think that people should should talk to their like administration to see how supportive they are or like get permission for certain things? Like, cause that can be sticky too. Yeah, that's and that uh, for me does not have a clear answer just because everyone's situation is gonna be different, right? I, you know, I've had, I've heard from teacher friends who have had parents looking over shoulders at assignments and written strongly worded emails about things that in other communities, everyone was like, yeah, totally. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, your context best, best. And that's a school is not a cookie cutter experiment. So, you know, um, I think, you know, a, a different angle to take if the, like your school's values are not readily apparent to you, or if you're not ready to quote it in that way is just like, you know, living in, in society, living in community, like living in our town is a group project, right? Like we all make or break our community in the, in our actions, right? Do we make it a place that people feel safe or do we make it a place that people don't feel good? When you use words like that, it makes people feel like a part of their identity is wrong and that would make it harder for those people to live in community. So I don't think we want that here. I think we want to live 
comfortably in our town, in our state, in our whatever, you know, like we, no one lives alone, right? You live in a, you live in a community, in a society. Another angle I was just thinking as we were talking too, that like, you all, you also like, teenagers can feel like if suddenly you get very like, oh, like eloquent, like, oh, like so in society, we, you know, like we value like, well, you know, sometimes they get really defensive, like, which is a natural reaction, right? Like, oh no, I am not that, I, you, you know, whatever. And so I think giving some plausible deniability is also a positive step while also, you know, letting the kid feel the guilt of the harm they've done. Like, you know, I would hate to think that you were saying that being gay was a bad thing because it just is, people just are gay and it doesn't hurt anybody. Um, so it, let's be careful when we use that language because it could really hurt somebody. They might think that you think negatively of them. Right. And I then the, the kid's that. like, no, because then, you know, then I would hate to think. And then the kid's like, I don't think that you're like, I'm so glad, you know, just wanted to make sure, you know, like, woohoo, fantastic. Go you. You are the good person I thought you were. Right. You know, like, um, I, well, because a lot of them genuinely might be speaking, especially like I teach middle schoolers, might be speaking out of what they hear at home or out of ignorance. Totally. They've got they've got a little record player in their in their mind that was etched at home and they just are lit, you know, the first thing that as soon as the needle drops. Um yeah, I so I I strongly encourage people just because yeah, in those moments you can get so you can just get so worked up really easily just having those kind of back pocket phrases or like we don't talk even we don't talk like that is a is good enough, right? Like it's a, it, it's not the laid out, you know, argumented reasoning thing that all the rest of these have been, but we don't talk like that since the same sort of message, right? Um, another, another angle that I think educators don't think about sometimes is that there's different sorts of power dynamics in the room. And so a lot of these are playing on the power dynamic of the teacher being the kind of leader of the classroom, right? That you are telling all of the students, including the queer students, wherever they are, like, this is how we're going to talk about these identities. And like, this is how we're going to show respect and stuff like that. And so that's you using your power for that good, for that common good of, you know, safety and, you know, mutual responsibility. But there can also be kind of unbalanced power between many straight students in a, in a classroom and then the queer student or the, either the visibly queer student or the student that other students are not so sure about or whatever. Um, I had a student telling me about, you know, being surrounded by kids in the class being just like, are you gay? Are you lesbian? Like, are you gay? Like, are you gay? Um, and wishing in that moment that someone had come up and, you know, I asked, I, we talked it out. I was like, what, how does this sound? you know, do you want to talk about that right now with them? Um, you know, to the student, they don't even have to make a verbal response. Either they could not, if they don't respond at all, right? Like that's the lowest, the like the least amount of response. You could say, hmm, something, something about their response is telling me they don't want to talk about this with you right now. And so we're going to respect that and then get out of there, right? Like there's, there are those dynamics between you as the, the leader and then the students, but then also as the students, as a, as a group, um, and as a rep, you know, representing of norming society somehow, right? And that student who may be breaking out of those traditional norms. Um, so we have to be kind of, kind of conscious of those, those power dynamics as well, like the student to student um, and the like straight student to queer student sort of um, dynamic too. Yeah, that's something um, I've never thought of before. So thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I was, it was, it was hard to hear that from a student that they kind of just felt like, the teacher maybe a little bit dealt with it, but really like the, like that student would have wanted to say now with, in hindsight, like, I don't want to talk about this with you because they didn't know, <laughs> like they didn't know they were like 15, right? Um, and so sometimes 
making part of making boundaries is being like, I can't talk about that right now. The end. Because I think a lot of times people have this perception that um, when students kind of, they either like are gay or bi or straight, or it's like very clear cut that they like Mm -hmm. know who they are. Right. And we forget sometimes too, that the students in that time, they're trying to deal with all these things on the inside too, and trying to figure that out for themselves. And so if other people are like, like, what are you like? That's kind of, that's like really crossing a line and disrespecting that student. And, um, yeah, because I think it's, it's kind of, for some people, they, they know, right. They know, um, what, if they are, if they are gay or straight or, um, bisexual or, um, any, any of the others in the community, but like, there are some people that it takes them a while to figure it out. Or some people that maybe, um, trying to fight their identity because of who they've been around or how they've been raised or their, their home situation or the local community or whatever it is. And so I think it's important to know that like, Students are going to be on this self-discovery journey and trying to come into terms with their own identity. And so like trying to protect them to make them safe in the ways they want to share about it. Yeah, that's another, I mean, that's another pat phrase. School's about learning about the world and yourself. So if you don't know the answers to all the questions, that's great. Um, I'd be hard pressed to find like someone in college, like a college age kid and be like, who are you? Look, ah. Like if someone asked me that in college, existential crisis. I also have a degree in German. So like that, I, it kind of comes with the territory, but I think with the, you, I think typical 20 year olds, like, who are you? <laughs> like, who? <laughs> so like thinking that, you know, middle, um, middle or high schoolers have it figured out because they're getting older. It, yeah, it, it's not, it's not the case. They have, they have, and also like, there's no penalty for taking that time to figure it out, right? right. It's a time, it's supposed to be a time of learning. I had a student tell me too, that like, with the increased amount of time at home, um, and the increased access to media that they can watch on their personal device that their family may or may not have access to, right? Like students have had more time to kind of go further out in their identity, right? And like figure, learn more things about themselves because they have time to focus on themselves and think about themselves and they don't have those pressures from school, from other kids their age. Um, to be or act any certain way. And so like this time at home has been a time of self-discovery, um, but even then it's it's not resolved, right? Like they are starting the learning process about themselves in, in some ways and they are like, oh, oh, this might be a thing for me. Like I seem to have, you know, liked a bunch of TikToks in a row that were about being, you know, pansexual and uh, maybe, uh, oh, wait, this is weird. Like, is this about me? Or, you know, I, I, <laughs> I had a kid who say the same thing that we were like, I kept watching stuff about non-binary people and realizing that all of them applied to me. And I was like, well, that's how you, you know, and they have access to that and they have access to educational materials and, um, and media and stuff like that, that they can watch on their own time and on their own. Um, and that can be a really positive thing. It also comes with all of the rest of the dangers that we're aware of with the internet of misinformation and, you know, dangerous representations or, you know, yeah. Um, but I think it, you know, that has been a positive for, I've had a couple of queer students this year just be like, wow, I figured that out. And me just being like, you go. Like, okay, good for cool. you. I'm glad you had that time. Um, and yeah. weren't like worried about, you know, what was for lunch at school, I guess. I don't know. Right. Um, so, yeah. Um, All right, I distracted you like took you way off topic okay <laughs> let's get back to the to the knowledge bombs here Ben I have great expectations I'm just kidding no so what other tips do you have for us oh goodness um 
I'm thinking, oh man, well, well just in terms of, yeah, I, I think back pocket phrase is obviously great to have like, um, it's okay to model learning if a kid tells you something and you're like, uh, like, what? like it's okay to be like, what does that mean to you? Um, it's also, I would say that any sort of coming out is like really, it's a sign of respect and a feeling of safety and you have to be really, you have to really honor that. Um, it's not really our place to ask a kid anything about their gender or sexuality. Right, like, oh, are you sure? Please don't. Yeah, yeah. Please don't. It's, it's like their place to tell us, right? And it's okay, you know, it's okay to like, if you, I don't know. Yeah, that's hard. But you want to, do you want to respect that the kids, like they have boundaries about talking about it? Again, they might not be sure. It's their place to tell us. And if they do, that's a sign of respect and safety. And so you have to maintain that respect and that safety for them um, and keep information as private as they need it to be kept. Um, and yeah, so I think that is super important. Do you think that uh, if, a, um, if a student does feel safe and does share that with you and comes out to you, um, like, cause I had, I had a student come out to me this past school year and mm. I like in the moment there were other students around and obviously mm. she felt safe saying that with them around, but I didn't know what the dynamic was. And so I said, Oh, okay, cool. Like I just kind of left it real chill, nothing. And then I did, I ended up following up with her because I felt like I didn't feel like in that moment, I affirmed her identity as strongly mm. as I would have liked to. And so I did like send her a private email and I just said, Hey, thank you for trusting me with this. I want you to know that like, you are welcome to be who you are, like without apology in my classroom. Do you think that like having that conversation after, cause I'm like, shoot, did I overstep? I mean, she replied to me and she was like, thank you so much. That means everything to me. But like, is that something you'd recommend? Is it case by case? Like, I think, I mean, sometimes coming out as an adult coming out is a process that never ends you know the I if I meet new people they may or may not know that I'm gay and I have to that is a coming out again right and sometimes it feels like a little like put it slide it across the table like intrigued like <laughs> you know like <laughs> like I don't know how this is gonna go and so I think <laughs> just not knowing if this is new information to you not knowing how the kid feels about it yet avoiding reactions like yeah you know like like losing it and the kid you know everyone else like in the clapping closet. like standing, yeah like, like, yeah, like just maybe a little bit like all the rainbow ribbons come down you know glitters falling out of the sky no i think that you know that obviously might make a kid be like just kidding don't want to do that anymore because attention from others you know like um it, it sounds like the way you handled that specific situation that's what i would do probably too you know like hey thanks for telling me i really appreciate that um I, again, a back pocket phrase that I have, is there anything I can do to make sure that you are like a thousand percent happy and healthy? Like, are you happy and well, right? Like um, things in my class, anything else I need to know, right? And that can open the door for a kid to be like, I find it really hard when the kid sitting next to me misgenders me. Or like, I would love it if we, if you didn't tell anyone basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, you might get any sort of response and then you go, okay, I can do that. Um, Again, because like for their very real safety concerns, you know, physical safety and psychological and emotional safety concerns for queer kids nowadays um, still. Um, and I think that is surprising maybe to some straight educators, straight adults, um, straight students that like homophobia continues to exist. Transphobia continues to exist in this year, 2021, right? That these things are still around. And so it's, um, you know, setting up for safety and for flourishing as much as possible 
um, is the name of the game. Absolutely. So yeah. do you have any ideas um, as far as like curriculum goes mm. or what teachers can do or place to make available for students or that like, maybe you're not going to like address it as a class, but you want mm -hmm. to like include something. So the students know like, oh, this we're, we're talking about this. This is normal. I hate that word. I'm using air quotes for those of you that are just listening. Um, <laughs> we just talked about that with Esme, that that's such a harmful adjective. But anyway, but you know what I mean? Like this is the, this is what we just, this is just what we do. This is just who yeah. we are that just like quote unquote normalizes the queer community. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I think um, it, it, it as part of your preparation, like doing research about like queer life in your target culture or in, in the target language um, is always beneficial. Um, and also as part of that, you know, rehearsing like responses to those microaggressions or things that might come from youth or adults um, to, you know, questioning the appropriateness of this or like having adverse reactions or um, things like misgendering too, like having those responses ready for those things as part of the preparation for you. Like if you want to bring in those topics, like it's great to want to bring in that representation. You also, you need to be aware of your context and know like this is a response that I might get, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so you just kind of need to be prepared for that so that way you can deal with it and set the appropriate boundaries and respond how you would ideally, most ideally respond, right? Um, but I think it's as much as possible, like not doing like the gay lesson, like these are the gays in Germany. Like I would that. Tell me uh, more about that. <laughs> just, like, I, 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 don't, I think I, a lot of teachers might think, oh, I'm going to do a unit on, you know, queer Spanish speaking people or, you yeah. know, and tell me more. I, I think. I don't know, I think as a unit, it could be a topic of inquiry, like if it was treated like any other topic of inquiry, like how does that, how does identity in how does the cross sections of identity in our society like play out and how people live their lives or have access to whatever like that can be an interesting topic I don't I wouldn't push back against that but I think sometimes we do like the token mm. like pick the you know the three most famous gays and like talk about their equivalents of our pride celebrations and then like call it a day and, like haha I've done my work here and like that's fine and like for some for some kids that might be way further than they would have received in any world language education in the past. Um, but I think like, you know, I'm trying to do this too, is like how, where are the queer stories that are, you know, around in our societies and our cultures um, that we can pull on or like, how can we just include queer people and queer movements and queer life in everything we, you know, any topic, right? Like including pictures of queer families as part of your family, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, finding obviously like queer people of interest that are not just, you know, singers or actors is helpful. Um, um, I'm trying, you know, just it, literally anywhere. I was, I was like, oh, I'm trying to think of specifics, but it could really be anything, right? Like you could pick any topic and like, it could be a topic of interest. Like if you're talking about architecture, like are there gay neighborhoods in certain areas and like historically where do those come from or whatever, you know? Um, but I think having like, if that is less in your wheelhouse and you have less information about that, like modeling that wonder, right? Like, oh, I wonder how this happens in target culture, right? Like, I wonder about this and exploring it with the kids. That's like not out of bounds. Again, teachers are ideally learners as well. And so being able to show kids that you're also on this journey of like, huh, I'm curious about the people in our culture and would like to know them better and know their lives better. Um, 
I think that's a that can be a very great thing. Um, yeah, and <laughs> um, for yeah for curriculum, I would just say like as as much as you can, um, and as much as you like in any instance, like making sure that it's there. And again, me being explicit, like I think we sometimes think that kids will always understand by our like actions, the subliminal thread running through them or something like that, but you know, explicitly stating your support and love and you know, on awareness of queer people and queer life um, is always in order. So I uh, highly recommend that. <laughs> so one more area about like materials that students can access. Since you are a member of the uh, Language Learner Literature Advisory Board, the lab, All right. hopefully yeah. those of you that are listening already listened to my interview with Esmeralda Mora, the president. Go back and listen to that now. Um, well, when we're done, not now. Don't stop it now. This is going to be good. <laughs> you want to listen till the end. Um, <laughs> as far as like our books that are available to our students go, like thoughts. <laughs> as far as queer representation and all of that goes I mean obviously like um more books are starting to sure, include yeah. other identities than you know what has been acceptable by society but um yeah I just didn't know if you had experience on that throw those things in your library talk yeah, to your I class about I, it like anything with the readers yeah I think I mean obviously readers are experiencing an explosion there are always more and that is great like that is you know reading is so fundamental to language acquisition I we like want that so bad um but I think you know along the way that you're gonna it's it's important to read through the the books that come into your library that's what we recommend like our reviews at for lab are there to provide descriptive information about what's in the book and how things are represented but I encourage you you know to read the books for yourself and kind of make your own judgments as well um you know, does are queer people represented positively? Does it lead into stereotypes? Like, because um, there are queer books out there. I would say that they are more likely to be independently published, um, and but they are out there. And um, I look forward to there being more. Um, I am hopeful in the future that there are more books, language learner books that are written by queer people um, as far as I know at the moment, and this is me just not knowing the intimate personal details of everyone's life, like, I, like, how do you not know that? Ah, you know, like, I think that sometimes people are writing outside their identity. Great, cool. And like, we need the books, like we want the books. I've had, you know, I've had kids running, not walking towards books with rainbows on them, right? Because that's what they want. Or if I'm like, this is the lesbian book and then slide it to the kid, they're like, wink, and then take the book and read it, right? You know, um, I think that is really great and, and I'm thankful for those books and I'm thankful that they're able to be in my library again, you know, past Ben would have been like, wow, like crazy. I would never be seen reading a rainbow book, but like now we can hand these things to our kids and be like, enjoy this. Like it's a story that has you in it kind of. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I look forward to hopefully maybe there are more stories written by and about queer people, more queer stories that are just queer. Um, Sometimes, you know, the, this is not a read on anybody, but like sometimes we get the question like, how can I put more queer representation in my curriculum? And it's it's helpful for us to step back and be like, why don't I know any queer stories? Like, I just don't. And that can be part of your journey as an educator as well as like opening the door for yourself to learn more. I find that for myself, like in German and Spanish, where I'm like, I don't know that I know tons and tons of just inherently queer stories. And so I'm going to go out and enjoy reading them um, and learn some learn some stuff. 
and come back from that with a greater knowledge to share with my students, but also, you know, greater respect and understanding. Um, so yeah, I'm hopeful that there are more, but I encourage teachers to read the books that go into their library to follow lab on all of our social media accounts. Let's <laughs> see when we post our monthly reviews in three languages. Um, yeah, um, reading is so, so, so important, but um, the, the, you know, the kind of the crux of our, of our work with the lab project is that like books convey so much more than just language. And so you wanna be sure that the books that go into your library um, are representing topics and issues and people in ways that are helpful and not harmful. I One thing I was, and you can tell me if I'm totally off base on this, but one thing as you were just talking there about us as educators, but as humans ourselves, expanding our own knowledge and our own, I don't know, I don't even know the right word to what I'm trying to say here, but just trying to learn more and bring more representation into our own life. Mm -hmm. um, I would highly encourage folks um, to read some queer stories just in English for fun. Yeah. Just fiction books, because I feel like so much literature that we've probably grown up with that we would have enjoyed reading, that's it's absent from that. Um, and so to help maybe you as a human being understand this community that you may or may not be a part of better, pick up the literature, read it. They're great books. I have some recommendations for you if you want to. Um, yeah. But the, you know, there's some really great books that are written out there um, by queer people for for everyone. So um, don't feel like, you know, if you see a book and it has two women dating in it that you're like, oh, I'm, I'm straight. I can't read that. Um, mm. And you, you might learn more about, about different identities, about different perspectives and all of that too, just in, in English. Yeah. Yeah. Interrogate those that, that, you know, we, I have to continue doing that too, or I have spent this summer reading a lot of like queer young adult books. Cause I did not have access to that when I was growing up or did not. It was like three. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I just did not either did not have access or did not allow myself to access I remember like going through the bookstore like Barnes and Noble in a section that no one was in and like walking through the gay and lesbian section like ah oh, just passing through you know like but purposely walking through that so, you know yeah section, so um but no you know I encourage like as part of your as part of your learning journey like it to learn more about the world and understand the people that you live with in your community again there are queer people everywhere um you know, do that, do that service to yourself. Um, and I, and it will hopefully make you have more empathy and understanding and just be able to enjoy, for me, it's helped me enjoy kind of my queer adulthood even more. Um, because it was very hard to be a queer teen and not have words for that and not be able to express that kind of fully. Um, and so it doesn't rewrite the, the experiences that I had as a, as a, as a teenager, as a young kid. Um, but it does kind of paint a more hopeful picture for me um of like oh queer young life can be pretty cool so that's awesome all right well i want to respect your time so we can wrap <laughs> things up here but is there any last wisdom that you would like to or not wisdom just a random comment or thoughts that you want to kind <laughs> of leave folks with to think about and why why this matters so much why it's important that we make a point to educate ourselves and to support our lgbtq students so much, oh goodness. Um, I think that love is so is such an important and fundamental human emotion and experience. Um, and that is really what queerness is about, about self-love and love for others. Um, and so 
I, if you want to represent, show your students the world exactly as it is, then that love has to be a part of it. Queer love and queer joy too. Um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the, there's, there's a business in selling tragedy and so many of the queer stories you might be familiar with might be kind of tragic, um, but it, queer life can be so, so joyful and creative and productive and um, all, all sorts of things. So I am hopeful that you listener um, get a chance to do some learning that opens up your mind even more um, to the world and to, to the people around you and helps you understand and love them better. Um, and that you also get to experience um, the you know kind of <laughs> residuals of queer joy um that are out there for for people to experience if you go looking for them um and uh yeah i'm always happy to be a resource i not to like swoop in with my socials here at oh, the no, end please but... do share how people can reach you <laughs> i'm i'm happy to talk about this i'm happy to engage about it on twitter um i'm at uh, mr fisher says on twitter um, and then my website is mrfishersays.com. It's a blog with um, teaching resources and just my thoughts. I am a slow blog writer, but could be encouraged to Preach. write. <laughs> I could be encouraged to write more. Um, I don't know, but I'm always happy to engage with people about this topic. And we don't have to, if you need to engage in a private Twitter message, because you're like, my thoughts are half-baked and I don't have it. Like, again, I... I truly believe in the power of people to change and to grow and to do all these things. And sometimes that is really messy and you don't want to showcase that messiness on the front line, but you need some support and help. And like, I'm happy to provide that. Um, and, uh, you know, be conscious also that I am offering that to you and not every queer person is there to be your educator in, in queerness. So, <laughs> so seek out those resources that are there. There are people out there talking about it, willing to be resources um, and, uh, I know that you're doing your best and so keep going. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ben. I really appreciate your thoughts and um, your vulnerability on this topic. It means a lot. Thank you so much for having me, Caitlin, and for using your platform for issues that are so important.